record. Record. Hello. Hmm. How are you? Dude, I am... 30 minutes ago, I was on a massage table. Aww. Yeah. Like, getting a massage or yes. just... getting a massage. Like, the, I'm fresh uh, out of a massage. Could nice. not be fresher. That, oh, that's like a fresh massage. Mm. I um I'm envious, although uh, I am kind of. Well, I won't even say kind of. I am in the process of coming down with something, so I feel like if I were to get a massage, it would just all hit my liver at once, and I would I would die. I would pass away. I doubt it. <laughs> but you would definitely feel worse probably the next I would day. die. I would no, Macy, I would die because I'm dramatic. Mm. Uh, so that being said, I I sound like crap. I'm sorry. I know you're just it's a little crazy. stuffy. You're not like raspy or anything. You're just you kind of have like the bilk thing. I feel, going yeah, on. I've got I've got the yeah, the bilk. I've got <laughs> that. Um I feel the raspiness coming because I have to keep clearing my throat and I'm going to try to mute my mic every time I do it. <laughs> yeah, it's is, probably all this goddamn yellow pollen that has. I don't know everything. what it is. It's on see, everything. I'm, I'm nervous because it's not just this. There is also an alarming amount of nausea that I have been experiencing. Hmm. And I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I have not. Okay. So warning, if you don't like talking about vom, you know, I'm not going to finish the word, but because I don't, I don't like the word vom. Anyway, um, I haven't thrown up since I was, I don't know, six. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. That's lucky. Wow. Go save, to you. Save one time that I got super high and I threw up a bunch of Gatorade that I had drank. But oh I, yeah. I know that story. I don't, I don't count that one. Cause it was like half a cup of liquid and that's not throwing up, but I am so scared because I feel like I might, and I don't know what, to do with my body i think you just kind of let it happen homie i'm gonna i'm gonna shit at the same time really truly your best course of action in that instance is to relax because um i oh i hate it i'll fight it more than anything in the world i'll fight it i'll lay on the floor i'll get cold rags i will do anything in the world to not have that happen i hate yes. it i hate it so much which luckily I, that never happens to me unless i get stomach bugs which i've only had two in my life and both were like in my 20s did you get food poison did you throw up when you had food poisoning uh yeah my last one the one of january i started 2020 with it um great but oh because the, the goddamn jalapeno well can we say the name i don't know if we're I d- I, i'm assuming it was that but <laughs> it allegedly Dude, I was so sick. And I was sick for like a week from that. Mm. Like, just just like the bouts of queasy that would just hit uh, me. And I just felt like frail uh, and feeble forever. Yeah. Like, the first one that I had in college was like a 24-hour bug. And it was the night before I was supposed to walk the stage to graduate. And so the whole oh, time I was, I was like sitting in those chairs waiting to walk. And I was like, I'm going to fucking, I'm just going to spew on everyone right now. <laughs> <coughs> There we go. I muted the mic almost in five. Mm. Um, that was when I met Hunter. Okay, now that we have uh, officially lost like 30% of the people who were going to listen. Yeah, just- I feel like about 15% of our episodes start with bodily function talk oh, yeah. right up at the top. Yeah. We're the witch bitch bodily function hour. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That being said, uh, what are we talking about today? I'm talking to you about cabbage. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking pardon? Yeah, cabbage. Okay. The one and only. Except it's uh, not. (laughs) I'm talking to you about Woodruff. Oh, that sounds cute. That sounds like a really sweet, sophisticated name for like a dog that plays a sheriff. Yes. In like a universe that dogs have jobs. Yeah. And he wears like uh, one of those coats with patches on the elbows. Yeah. 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 Like a good, a good Brokeback Mountain denim one too sometimes when he's out in the Uh, field, you know, with like the the sheepskin collar. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Woodruff. Woodruff. Um, that's cute. I want to name my, I want to name an animal that. I, I was, I was like, that's, I actually quite enjoy that. But this one has some, some pretty sweet AKAs as well. Sweet. Um, with that, who, let me see who goes first. I I, uh, I think it's me. I think okay. because I think I talked about court or the Ara courts last. Well. Last time I think I followed you up. Before we go any further, I think we should dedicate this episode to October L. Mm. Wow. Um, I don't there, know I... there has to be a song that already has October. Well, I was thinking, my mind immediately went to Blue October. And I was oh. like, remember them? Do you remember Blue October? I do. Um, I remember I went to Edge Fest once and Blue October was there. And there was a, uh, a DJ who was popular on 102.1 The Edge. And her name was Jessie. I don't know if you remember her, but she was the chick that was, she was like the only girl they had. Mm. And she tried to do this thing where she was like, she tried to do, okay, so I thought, you know, their song, I, the calling you song. Yes. The one that's about stalking. Absolutely. Um, If you're sleeping, are you dreaming? My mom was obsessed with that song for, I think, a total of three solid years. I li- you know what I liked this. I liked Blue October. Okay, I didn't I hate liked- Blue October. I saw them live, and it was that was interesting. But I a lot of their like singles I was into. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Because it was Blue Motherfucking October, and Jesse, this DJ, walks out on stage, and she's like, I need, she's like, I need everyone here to pull out your cell phone. So every like, and this was back in. Oh six. So this was not just like everyone had fucking iPhones. You had to like haul a brick out of your pants. Mm-hmm. And she's like, open your cell phones and hold them in the air because I'm calling you. Anyway, here's Blue October. And it just I just remember it just not working. Didn't land. And it has stuck with me for years and years and years. I'll just occasionally think of it and go, ooh, oh yeah. god, that was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. That's one that you like store away. Is like okay, so that's the feeling. Yeah. Of 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 really failing. Yeah. In humor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. The first Blue October song that came into my head was uh, the. <laughs> I wanna. Wait, how does it go? I wanna swim away, October L. Sometimes it feels just like I'm falling in the ocean. I can't remember how that song goes, but I know those are the words. The waves come and take me down. Oh, that's right. And then there's that uh, like viola. Yeah, 
Yeah. She they were they were the real shining star of that group. I uh listen, I might go on a little bit of a October band a blue. I, think I might too. Okay, well, thank you, October L. You've given us probably <laughs> the longest veer off that we've had in a while. You've given us a lot to think about. You have given us so much to think about. I'm not sure how much of that will make it into the episode, but Macy, talk to me about cabbage. Cabbage. So here's the thing. Here's why I was thinking about cabbage. I had cabbage on the brain, right? Oh. And I, I, I like a mundane ingredient, right? Yes. And so I was like, what is the story on cabbage? Because I knew that it was like in every peasant's home, essentially, for hundreds of years in Europe. And I mean, it just all over. You know, it was very, very largely consumed vegetable. Now, sometimes, depending on times in history, like the upper class turned their noses up, like literally and figuratively about cabbage. But it, I was like, if something's that integrated with people, there's going to be some interesting stories and shit there. And I was thinking like, you know, on a witchcraft stance, like if something, it's going to be something that's readily available. So maybe it was like used for witchy purposes. And that's kind of yes and no. Like this isn't a super witchy topic, but it is a fun topic of a lot of historic, like historical things and also folk uses and uh, beliefs in and around cabbage. Well, first of all, I'm always excited for a good folklore around a food item, but I know that just in, and, and I haven't done this in a long time, so I don't even feel right calling myself a kitchen witch anymore because <laughs> I just haven't in years. But I remember so much cabbage is used in like, like, um, I guess it's because a lot of like magically kind of recipes use old, old recipes. So there's just so much, ca I mean, cabbage, uh, cabbage bread. You ever had cabbage bread? I haven't recovered. You just said like magically. You said magically with a B and it's cracking Great. up. <laughs> Great. I love it. Magical. Uh, no, I've never had cabbage bread. Oh, fucking hell. It's so good. So it's like, it's one of those things that I, I, I don't know if it has like magical properties. I've tried really hard to say magical properties. <laughs> uh, but like, I do associate it with like a lot of magical cooking. Well, and I think cabbage finds its way into a lot of comforting food. Mm. Like, it's so easy to cut up a ring, and it goes so far because it's so compact. Yeah. So, like, one ring or, like, steak-sized amount of cabbage is going to fluff up to be enough that you need for, like, a whole stew. But I love that cabbage always retains its texture. It usually stays crunchy for the most yeah. part. You know, even if it's, like, fermented for a long time, like in sauerkraut, which I love. Oh, love. I remember I need to make some. one year at a Halloween party, we were going to do brats and um, we were like brats and burgers for Halloween. And you showed up and there was no sauerkraut. And I remember you were devastated. I won't. I don't <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where <laughs> kraut isn't an automatically assumed like, you got to have it. If you're going to, you got to have kraut if you're going to have sausages, like real kinds of sausages yeah. like that. I, I refuse yeah. to live in a place to where that's not 
assumed if I'm coming. I don't want to live in a world. Luckily, I remember somebody ended up bringing Kraut. I think we texted Russ and we're like, get get Kraut. So yeah. I, I, they belong together. And that's like, I don't eat very much meat anymore. But when I do, it's because like once every couple weeks, I just throw down with some fucking Polish sausages and some kraut cooked in a pan with some spicy mustard on it. Oh. And it is, oh, with a bunch of black pepper. God, man, it's one yeah. of my favorite yeah. things on this whole planet. I, uh, mm. I normally agree with you, but right now it is making me need the toilet to vomit. I need the toilet. I need the toilet. So, I my one of my first like funny. I, I don't know. I I have a memory tied to cabbage. That's silly, and it's not even anything that I did or that it, it was something purely for me, you know. And when I was like, I don't know, like eleven. I got this bathing suit, right? It was a one-piece bathing suit and it was purple, like lavender. And it was really pretty. It had like roses on it, but it was like photographic, but like it looked like roses that somebody had put like a, a like a purple filter on and they were real big. Like the whole front of the bathing suit maybe only had like six roses on it. They were real blown up, you know? I remember I liked it. And so I was like, that was the one that I picked out. And I remember I went to go put it on later and I read the tag and it, the description just said cabbages. <laughs> oh, ow. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, God. God. Oh, God. I imagine oh. the cough fit that you just had. It, it, was, it was bad. Do you ever have one of those, like, laugh cough fits? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was gnarly. You, you guys better be glad I have a, a mute button over here. Um... Dude, that just makes me think of so. you have the best luck with stupid labels, like with the curvy mom jeans. Yeah, I do. When it comes to clothing, I, weird uh, things. But yeah, it was just cabbages. They could have lied. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Ow. Okay, go on. Okay, so anyway, let's talk about cabbages, everybody. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying so hard to not laugh to not spur up another fit, but you, you gotta stop being such a funny host. I'm just so naturally funny. I know. <laughs> I get told that all the time. <laughs> oh, our egos. Okay. So anyway, there's uh we're there's a lot going on in the cabbage family, or you know, the, the cabbage umbrella. We'll I bet the cabbage family is cute. So there's several. So it's consists. It's Brassica oleracea. So uh, that seems to be the the I don't know the family, the group. I don't remember the order and how the class. Uh, and um, so anyway, this consists of uh, your leafy greens. Uh, we, or sorry, these consist of like big leafy green, like you know, because they have the big base at the bottom, and like uh, these red, purple, uh, or white kind of or yellow white colored biennial plants that grow as like a vegetable in a garden like that's what we're talking about we're talking about your cabbage your classic cabbage so it descended from wild cabbage which is really funny to me for some reason i like those two words together wild cabbage Mm -hmm. i just sounded like a cabbage like who doesn't listen to their parents and they sneak out of that they're wild yeah, it's wild cabbage. And so it belongs to another name. Like cabbage falls into a, a 
group you hear called uh, coal crops, C-O-L-E, coal crops or brassicas. Uh, so this, they're, it means they're closely related to broccoli and cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, uh, and Savoy cabbage. So they're all kind of in, in that group, which it makes sense because Brussels sprouts are just mini baby cabbages on a stalk. Cute. I'm growing some. I can't wait. I, I, I love Brussels sprouts, dude. I oh. do too. And they grow really good in aquaponics. They get really big and they make a whole bunch of little babies. Fucking roast them up. Mm. Mm. I'm so excited. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Here we go. So cultivation of cabbage has happened over a really long time and through selective breeding or things like that and in different climates and whatnot so like it's very different now like they wild cabbage was the start but over time it is uh you know different things have come to be from either breeding or also it seems like a through uh evolution so that's not real this no this <laughs> includes like um you know like uh kale uh, i believe is is also in like the thicker leaves and things like that so like i think they're also in this family i'm not certain but it seemed kind of like it so there's a two-year cycle to a broccoli or a broccoli. <laughs> Dude, I have the massage. I feel bad because last week I had washing machine brain and now I have massage brain. It's okay. It's okay. Listen, I, I'm <laughs> at death's door right now. So I feel like this episode is just a wash. So there's a two-year cycle to cabbage life plants. I don't know. Listen, you know what I'm trying to say? You know what I'm saying? Put it in the order that makes sense. Great. So Just, yeah, that's what we from now on. It's your job to decipher what we mean. What we say. Yeah. So generally, the after the first year, the cabbage is picked. And it seems if you're gonna leave it the second year, it's purely to let the plant seed. And these are usually kind of sectioned off different places. Let it, seed. Let it come to seed. Yeah. So you typically pick it, pick it after that first year when it's just a nice ripe head. And mm, so they're pretty cool it seems when it, with climate uh the kind of conditions that they can uh grow under but under the right conditions which are like nice long sunny days kind of found in higher latitudes maybe up north a little bit in oh. the summer they oh. can grow really big they can grow really big with it seems the record holding cabbage coming from 2012 at a whopping 138 pounds and four oh ounces 62.71 kilos that's a fucking dummy thick ass cabbage it weighs more than i do ball ball your body up and act like a cabbage so i can that's a big ass cabbage isn't it a big cabbage so Ooh, can you imagine all the fucking cabbage bread you can make <laughs> Can you imagine how big it would fluff up to if you cubed it oh. all? Like you know, like when, when you've yeah. got a cabbage, it's just like confetti and it just springs oh. out and just puffs up. I feel like it would fill a room. Have you ever just played with a cattail? Oh, you mean when you like twist it and pop pop it open so all the the and little all the shit uh, just comes release out. can fly out? Yeah. It's amazing how much is packed in there. It is you you said that how much you were like talking about confetti and it made me think of like the absolute binge I've been going on of watching videos of people just biting into into cattails i would yeah. not want to bite it and i oh, don't want to do that because they get it will fill your whole mouth yeah they get their shit rocked every time yeah i'd be scared i'd breathe it all into my lungs you would and then I you would. have cattails coming out of your lungs oh god oh god <laughs> they're very pokey <laughs> shit hold on <laughs> okay <laughs> 
So cabbage is super nutritious. It's It's got a lot going on for it. So there's a lot of vitamin K, a lot of vitamin C, and this is particularly in its raw state. It does lose some nutrients when it is cooked, especially cooked for an extended period of time. Aww. But it is widely consumed. In fact, uh, in 2020, there were 71 million tons of cabbage that was produced. 71 million tons. Yeah. So a ton is 2,000 pounds, right? Yes. Okay. So I guess we're going to cut in right here after we cut out the part where Macy and I tried to do the math and... Uh... Failed. Listen, we're <laughs> podcasters for a living, okay? There's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so something's really beneficial about cabbage is that that vitamin C. So it was really good. When it came to keeping away the scurvy, which nobody wants scurvy. Scurvy sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It d- is it like your teeth, your teeth get shit up? Like somebody- your teeth will fall out. You will right. you lose your teeth. You'll get sores on your body. It's not cool. It sucks to get scurvy. It's not cool. Not cool. So I kind of, that's just because it's just what got me on it. Like I, I was just thinking about cabbage. I was thinking about medieval times you know and i think about like starving no but i wonder how they're doing i wonder what medieval times is like now Hmm. did i ever tell you we should go we should go (laughs) we we should go we need to do that excuse me did i ever tell you about the time the king yelled at us no. I went with dad for like my birthday or something. And you know how they're very serious about like, don't bang your plates because it scares the horses. And so th- they like really beat that into you. And at some point, everybody started banging their plates. And the king kind of broke character. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, he broke character in a character way, if that makes it because he like stood up and he was like, Immediately he was like, "Stop it!" <laughs> and then, oh my God. and then he like put his king voice on. He was like, oh, you, "You must stop that." <laughs> <laughs> his dad, his like inner dad, came out <laughs> first. You know, to catch up. Stop scaring the horses! Oh my God. But, like, I think of, like, well, you know, and also I think of, like, Charlie Bucket and how, like, they were having to eat cabbage soup because fucking bitch-ass Grandpa Joe just leeching on the whole family playing hooky yep. for 20 years. He could be yep. out working and making money, but he's just going to lay in the bed for 30 fucking years while everybody's eating cabbage water, thanks largely to him. Play, but whatever. Playing hooky for 30 years. What? A monster. <laughs> he He is. Just absolutely deserves nothing. So because of that, I was like, I know cabbage is, there's some history here because it was, it was traveling right alongside all kinds of people for years. It was right outside the garden door. So there's going to be some neat things. And cabbage has a neat history when it comes to our thoughts of it, um, our preparations of it, and really just the pedestals. So, so cabbage has been put on some really high pedestals and also some really low pedestals sometimes, okay. depending on who is observing and dealing with said cabbage. So and to like and to set kind of this scene of like, you know, this is like where I am in my mind. So like this was this was a writing uh, in 1420. Uh the bourgeois, I think bourgeois, bourgeois. 
of Listen, Bourgeois of Paris or Paris, noted that, quote, poor people ate no bread, nothing but cabbages and turnips and such dishes without any bread or salt. I like how they said bread twice. Like, listen, they had no bread. These guys, they didn't have bread. So cabbage is there when you need it. Mm-hmm. And it is so it, different, different thoughts, different, different strokes, right? So the Romans really loved their cabbage and thought that cabbage was really special and had all kinds of uses for the body. It was a very medicinal plant for them. And some of these are really weird. And a lot of this came from Cato. And uh, he, I I think it was, I, I, I don't know if it was Cato the elder, there's like the youngers and then, but it was, Cato, he was a senator, but anyway, like he eventually wrote high praises of the cabbage. This is um, this is some of his writing. This is Cato's actual words, right? And this was his thoughts and praise of the cabbage. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> it is the cabbage which surpasses all other vegetables for medicinal value. Okay. It may be eaten, either cooked or raw. Okay. If you eat it raw. Dip it in vinegar. Okay. <laughs> it promotes digestion and is an excellent laxative. If you wish to drink a lot at a banquet and enjoy your dinner, eat as much raw cabbage as you wish <laughs> before dinner. Okay. Cabbage can be used as a poultice on all kinds of wounds and swellings. It will cleanse all sores, and heal without pain. It will soften and open boils. Headache and eye ache, it heals alike also. If you feel sick, if the spleen is swollen, if the heart is painful, or the liver... your spleen swollen? You're supposed to know, me. (laughs) Or the liver, in a word, it will cure all internal organs and still further if you save the urine of a person who eats a lot of cabbage heat it and bathe the patient in it also if babies are bathed in this urine they will never be weakly okay listen you had me in the beginning Mm -hmm. but this Mm -hmm. guy turned piss kink real quick yeah yes it did it got really pissy um very pissy it's amazing uh so some other ways that it could be used uh, (laughs) you can you uh could roll it up into like a kind of like a pellet it seems uh, well for to heal like an anal fistula oh I don't know if you're just supposed to put it like against it. I assume you're not shoving it in it because you don't want to do that with a fistula. So I think you just placed it against it because cabbage is a uh, it's good for like removing ulcers and things like that. So I don't know if maybe you just place it there, Uh, but you could also uh, dry cabbage and snort it, uh, which Uh, would really help with those nasal polyps. Oh, yeah. So there was there was lots of you know that's the romans were starting way back when on 
you know, the praise of the cabbage. And it wasn't just a, a, a poor people food. It was honestly seen as kind of a table delicacy. Sometimes it seems, depending on who was in charge and different opinions, it was not always nice enough for the Senate table or like, oh. you know, the meals that like the Roman Senate, it was not, uh, not highbrow enough for that. But no. <laughs> uh, generally people were happy to have it on their table. So it seems about the 14th century or so that the round-headed cabbages that resemble the ones that we know made they they appeared in England. And I'm trying really hard to not comment on how you just said England. How did I say England? England. England. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so there was a re- the common recipe here and this was uh I feel like you know, this is how they're figuring out that, like, yes, like the tightly like woven headed cabbages are the same ones that, like, we, you know, trying to trace back like how far back the cabbages that we recognize uh, in history. And so there was like, you know, a quote like, "Take, ca- I like this, I, I like this term, and I kind of want to use it." So, take cabbages and quarter them and seethe them in good broth. Oh, so I really like that. That's from like a really old, really old writing seethe them yeah yeah i've not heard that before but i like it but you know exactly what it means yeah and and so in the 16th century german gardeners developed the savoy cabbage and it really took off in that area so in the 17th and 18th centuries cabbage really became a staple a staple for countries such as germany and england ireland russia uh, it was also, they were uh, preserving it in China as well. So largely a lot of this was pickled cabbage, you know, sauerkraut. It was used by also the Dutch, uh, Scandinavian, and German sailors. It was an excellent way to prevent scurvy on ocean voyages, uh, which was a common issue. So it was it was always on, I actually have a like ship's ledger down here of like what was brought onto a ship from a ship in 1772. And it's on there. So it began to kind of spread all over the world, you know, different varieties of cabbage, but it does seem generally that the origin I believe is the Mediterranean. It seems so many things like prominent foods that we eat today came, came from that region. So in 1772 or so all right first of all this was a a ledger or a journal uh from someone whose last name was cook and this was his journal that he wrote in july of 1772 and it was a account of what provisions were aboard this ship that he was on the ship was called the resolution and adventure which is really fun that's a fun name for a ship i mean i get the, re- the adventure part, but resolution? Oh, yeah, it's an interesting choice. They sound pretty together. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, but this is what he this is what he wrote, right? Biscuit, flour, oh. salt beef, salt pork, beer, wine, spirit, peas, spelled P-E-A-S-E. I really like that. I like it when oh. they're spelled different. Wheat, oatmeal, butter, hard cheese, sugar, oil, olive. Spelled O-Y-L-E. Okay. Vinegar, suet, raisins, salt, malt, sauerkraut, salted cabbage, portable broth, salope, mustard, marmalade, (laughs) and water. (laughs) 
Mermelade. <laughs> yeah, mermelade of carrots, to be more Great. specific. Mermelade. Great. And so the first part of that sounded like a party, man. Yeah, no, a, a lot of those foods sound pretty delicious. Like, and they're they're they make sense, you know, because like. It doesn't take long for malnutrition to really just wreak havoc on the body. Mm. And I just feel like it would have been so damn hard to be a sailor Mm. back then on those boats. Listen, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it. I don't think I would cope very well. No. No. So as, you know, things take a turn and things change. And so in the Middle Ages. I'd be a pirate. Bitch. Vegetables were looked at with skepticism. They were not trusted and were kind of thought to be responsible or like they induced bad health. Who was the dude that like called the town meeting that he was going to eat a tomato? I don't remember, but yeah, that that it really there was fear here and not always really in the like it seems the Mediterranean region is always just really nourishing themselves and uh, eating well and but like Europe, yeah, like a, like up there, right. they really are. They just really give a side eye to a vegetable. <laughs> Seems correct. Yes. So, uh, during this time in the Middle Ages, like things like cabbage, beans, onions, and garlic, they were very common vegetables. But they were, you know, they were known for their ability to produce wind. And so that meant that they were kind of lowly. They were not as acceptable in the company of aristocracy, but for commoners instead, because they made you too. Because commoners are farty. Yeah, they're farty. But you know that those aristocrats never, ever, ever get the poots. Dude, first of all, I'm sure, you know, of course, because they're human, but... Because of their diets, I bet they were so fucking backed up. All they did was eat meat and cheese. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine how good they would feel after like a good day of just like cabbage? Yeah, vegetable roughage. Yeah, Yeah, no, I know. And so they even that one place where you drink the water and you shit for 20 days or whatever. Yeah, the fountain. Yeah, that's that right. fountain and the Epsom wells. Yeah, right. go there and yes. shit in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why they all did that. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. So all that aside, though, like they were a really reliable staple for the poor. Most garden, because people largely grew their own food, especially in very like poor rural areas. And which is largely all that there was because it's the Middle Ages. And you would outside of your back door, whatever, in your kitchen, your kitchen garden, your you got you had cabbage. Like that's just what you did. You grew cabbage, it produced very quickly, and it was very nutritious, even though I didn't really know always enough about that. And some people really didn't trust them, but they ate them. So in the 16th century, there was a writer named Richard Burton. And he really is not a fan of the cabbage. Great. He does not like the cabbage at all. And here's what he Love says. It. This is very scientific. Are you ready? So, amongst herbs to be eaten, I find gourds, cucumbers, cold warts, melons, disallowed, but especially oh. cabbage. It oh. causeth trouble, some dreams, and sends up 
black vapors to the brain. I'm sorry. What? You know how cabbage does. It just really <laughs> smokes up your brain. <laughs> gives you them crazy dreams. <laughs> okay. Okay. So even though, like, I, I don't really know. I'd be interested to look into why it was. Like, you know, there was all of this colonization and shit going on all around the world. So all these vegetables were being brought back from the quote, you know, the new world and being brought back to Europe, but like still vegetables really weren't chill with people until like the 18th century when they were just like, fine. In fact, some people really thought that vegetables would cause plague and like eating a vegetable would give you plague. So for instance, the sale of plums, black cherries, and cucumbers were not allowed during the 17th century plague epidemic because it was their fault, man. Huh. Okay, yeah, it's not because you, like, waited around and shit and let rats crawl into your vagina at night. No. Figure things out. Yeah, no, it was the those Romans, damn plums. The Romans had this shit down so long ago. and then I mean, they were saying to bathe a baby in cabbage urine. Listen, but then it wouldn't be weekly, okay? It wouldn't be weekly. You don't want a weekly. It's because its immune system is having to get flared up immediately because you're being pissed on. <laughs> Macy, you're in sterile. It's fine. <laughs> so, in 1984, cabbage really was recognized here. So, the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations. They listed cabbage as one of the top 20 vegetables that are considered like an important food source in the world and sustaining a global population. So now it's very common for cabbage now to be incorporated a part of uh, national cuisine, but it also did have its widespread just due to travel of human civilization. So there's some interest. So for metaphysical stuff, uh, it, a lot of this is uh, more kind of divini- divination kind of stuff. There was a lot of folk belief that came from cabbage. I don't really have that many things for you, like for individual spell work, but I do have some sweet ass lore. So that's what I'm bringing to the table today. So first of all, uh, there is it. people would, uh, there's an old, I saw it both Scottish and Irish and also other European countries, but there is the tradition of using cabbage to divine your lover, what they're going to be, your next, your husband. You know, oh. so like there's a whole whole um, way to do this. So here's basically what you would do, and and I'm gonna I didn't like get all my links, but I have a bunch of links today, so I'm gonna put them in the show notes if you want to find them. So. Here's here's what you would do. So this was how this would work. And you would divine your, not only are you, you're divining whether or not your partner is going to be nice or mean, but also if they're going to be rich or poor, right? Wow. So okay. what you do is that you throw on a blindfold and you find you a cabbage patch and you go all around that cabbage patch and you grab you a cabbage and you grab a nice one, good big one, mm-hmm. and you yank it out of the ground, roots and all, and then you uncover your eyes. And so you take a look at the cabbage roots. Did you get it with a lot of roots intact? Are they nice long roots? Well, that means you're going to have a whole bunch of money coming your way. Your husband's going to have all kinds of money. But if you don't, then he 
and might not have any money. And it might, even if you've got all these roots, all these money, money roots, he might be an asshole. So you got to find out. And I don't know what this means, but it says you could take the cabbage home and cook it up Irish style. Oh, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but you cook it Irish style. Okay. And so if it's bitter, then you're going to have a real asshole on Ooh. your hand. But if Ooh. it's sweet, then it's going to be a, a, a kind, sweet partner that you will have. And so that's Fresh kind of like the, that was the way that this would go. But I have a, a an incident that happened uh, with this this ritual going bad. So I have two newspaper clippings for you. Great. Love it. Oh, it's just one. Never mind. So this was an incident that happened. This, uh, I, I don't have the date, like the year, but it was like a, a, a while ago. It wasn't like a medieval time. Like I think this was like in the early 1900s or it was in the 1900s, maybe late 1800s. But title, a young girl shot and killed. <laughs> so... This is Worcester, 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 listen, Massachusetts, November 2nd. In Milford, Saturday night, while a party of young Irish people were celebrating okay. All Hallow Eve, two okay. young girls went into a neighborhood, went to a neighboring field to procure cabbage and were fired upon by the owner, Bartholomew O'Donnell. A man about 60, Miss Bridget Murray of Boston, was killed. O'Donnell, when arrested, had on, O'Donnell, when arrested, had on a large cavalry saber and Great. a Navy revolver with two barrels discharged found at his house. He appeared perfectly unconcerned and indifferent. Huh. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, listen, at the end of the day... Someone's stealing your cabbage, bro. Someone's stealing your cabbage. I don't think you shoot them. And I think if you do shoot them, I would feel bad. I think you shoot the gun up into the air. Yeah, you give a warrant, a scare shot. And, you know? and you say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine if, like, uh, Farmer Baggett did that? Just straight up murdered Mary and Pippin? Just it, it would have really changed the story, yeah, considerably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, or he just killed them all immediately, right yeah, when the yeah, right yeah. when it starts, before they even get to the road, they just yeah. all die before the journey. Yeah. He takes the ring, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's interesting to think about. There was another superstition was that if you were a newly married couple, you should plant cabbage at the house because it will ensure prosperity and a happy union because that's all it takes. Yeah, just know. some cabbage. Yeah. Plant some cabbage. And they were a very, they were a convenient way to uh, explain where babies came from. So it was oh. pretty common for people to say that babies were found in a cabbage patch or under a cabbage leaf, similar to the stork bringing them but the point was that the parents totally did not bone to make that baby <laughs> didn't have it dude why though yeah i know just tell the truth we all know yeah. um so naturally this helped to inspire the wildly popular and very creepy cabbage patch kids terrifying hate them so there's even kind of an old folk medicine remedy kind of like not even remedy but like method to determine the sex of a currently baking baby that you oh. are cooking in your body so it 
seems you if you cut a red cabbage in half, right, and then you put it in a pot with water and like a lid and you boil it, you bring it to a boil and then you turn the heat off once it boils. Let it cool for a minute. Then you take equal parts of the cabbage water and half of your urine and your, your pregnant urine and you put that and you mix it. And so if it's reddish, if it turns reddish, it's a boy. But if it's purple, it's a girl. But I think that this just has something to do with the acidity or the pH. Um, because I think cabbage water is something that you can use to demonstrate like pH change. But hey, uh, it's a lot of people say it's consistent. So let me know if you've ever done this. I'm curious to know if it panned out for you. Um, I don't know enough about anything in that regard to know if that's actually possible or if it's a coincidence. But there you what go. What is it with cabbage and TT? I it really gets. I hate that you <laughs> called it TT. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, why is that? Does do, uh, do non-Southerners say that? <laughs> I'm curious. I want to know when you're a child if that's what your if your mom like if you're if you live in like Michigan. Did your mom when you were little go? Oh, honey, you need to go TT. Did that happen to you? I'm curious. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, it was also used as a. Uh... A term for the body part itself for for the the bits yeah. yes yeah yes everything was a tt yeah why 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 uh, um uh, there's folk medicine uses for the cabbage so sore throats were treated by uh like wrapping warm cabbage leaves around oh. the throat which Give sounds kind of nice doesn't it i want it right now oh i bet that would feel so good on my inflamed fucking throat probably would and cabbage was consumed and used as a poultice uh, either like well either consumed or used as a poultice for internal and external ulcers and there seems to actually be some well, merits to this i know that boiling cabbage leaves and putting them on your breasts when you're nursing and you're trying to um what's the word wean Mm. And then your like boobs start to hurt really bad because you've got all this shit that's not going anywhere. Like I know my mom did that. Like so that's a recent thing. Is it helps mm. with like the pain involved? The the pain of the yeah, and just soothe. Um, there's some definite like when it comes to the ulcers uh, and whatnot. Uh, there's studies that have been performed that really shine pretty like good optimism on that actually being something that helps. Like I saw that there was a study to where people drank cabbage juice at five uh, set intervals in a day. And it really, I mean, it very much reduced the ulcers that they had in their body. So it does seem like, and there's been multiple, but like there's some evidence backing up that they do have um, strength. It seems in fighting internal ulcers, which just are so hard to live with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, and interestingly, and this is just kind of a last little factoid on the cabbage, cabbage, because again, I couldn't find very many like spell craft uses and whatnot. And I, I think it, it's excellent for your kitchen witchery. Like you can, it, it's very, um, I think it adds a very good energy, a sturdy base energy. You know, it's this very nutritious plant. It grows very fast. It's very hardy. It's been with us forever. And 
it just has a lot packed into a small vessel for the most part. So I could see it being a really good solid foundation in Kitchen Magic. Um, and also it's just good and nutritious for you, but interestingly to, to close. So the large veins of cabbage leaves were apparently used by students practicing the lancing of veins for bloodletting. Oh, that so, took a turn. Mm. Oh, thought you were going to be like practicing, like giving IVs, but it, no, it was bloodletting. Bloodletting. Blood. They really liked that. Mm. You know, sometimes you just feel like you got too much blood. Okay. I, I, I mean, and it's not too much because I've calculated, as we know, I don't have very much blood. I have a small amount of blood. I have less than a gallon of blood or right at a gallon of blood. You see that gallon of milk? That's my blood. And a lot of blood. Very small. And so, but I do like to give blood. uh, Macy, you're going to die. No, it regenerates, but I do like it. And it seems like there's, there's good benefits to giving blood too, because it kind of stimulates your system to regenerate new cells and whatnot. I do feel good about doing it, but I also now have learned that like, I really need to take it easy after I give blood or I'll pass <laughs> out because it's a seventh of my blood that they're taking a whole one seventh. God. Yeah. It'll be like that episode of King of the Hill where like, did you see the the one where Peggy and uh, men got into it? Like trying to give blood the most. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's interesting. Um, I didn't realize that blood fluctuated with your body. I should have. I mean, it makes sense that like your body mass and size and whatnot. um, It does. So I have so much more fucking blood than you. It's crazy. Cherish your blood. Okay. I have a real (laughs) new appreciation. Once I calculated that a hunter has twice as much blood as me. And I was just like, are you serious? Like, so when you give blood, nothing happens for you. Like, (laughs) Listen, if me and you were both stabbed, I'm probably going to make it. I think you will. You will make it. <laughs> Ow. Okay. Now you can talk at me. Oh, hello. Dude. I don't know how to say this. Do your gums get incredibly sore when you're getting sick? Sometimes. It depends on if it's sinus related, which yours is, it sounds like. Uh, but yeah, if it's sinus related, it's especially my upper ones, like up here, and I can press on them. Yeah, and like They're rub back and so forth on my teeth. Fucking sore, and it's like, I don't. It's like I accidentally thought about it while you were gone, and now it's all I can think about. Okay, let me tell you, I have a little shorty cutie today, but this might be one of my favorite topics I have talked about in a while. Uh, I'm talking about Woodruff. Okay. Woodruff. Um, which now I can't stop thinking of the dog and his little cute sweater. Yeah, his name, he'd be like Woodruff T. Barkinson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He would, yeah, yeah. It'd be like Wishbone, but better. Aww. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, this is a uh, a plant. Uh, and it is of the... the what is it? The Latin? I don't know. The official name is Gallium odoratum. Odoratum? Odoratum. I'm going to spell it. G-A-L-I-U-M space O-D-O-R-A-T-U-M. Now that odor part comes into play because this, like some of the other flowers we've talked about, I think we've talked about like moonflower. Um, it's, it's odiferous. It is highly scented. Uh, the 
other names, the AKA is for Woodruff. I don't know why you would want to call it anything else, but you could. So it's Woodruff or Sweet Woodruff or Sweet Scented Bed Straw. Okay, or, that's long. That's And that one is... And I literal. Believe, I believe um, that one comes to us courtesy of Nicholas Culpepper, who... Oh, I does, borrowed his voice today. Yes. He, he, he's coming to give a... Uh, he has a little thing to say later, but I'm not sure if he's going to sound like himself today. But anyway. Um, okay. Somebody no, else took his voice earlier, so he's going to have to have a new voice anyway. Cato uh, took his voice. <laughs> It's that's just the voice of like any old dude who old dead dude who was into plants. It's uh-huh. okay. um, and the last AKA for Woodruff is Master of the Woods, which, Master of the Woods. That's neat. I like that a lot. <laughs> I really loved it. I thought it sounded so cool until you went Master of the Woods. <laughs> And now I feel like... Well, it's like from Les Miserables. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, and I felt real lame about how cool I thought it was. <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> so uh, th- this plant is mostly greenery. Uh, however, it does have small white flowers on it that are not very conspicuous. So they're not the uh, they're not the the thing that we look at. In fact, yep. I was reading in some places that it, it it's one of those plants that could get overlooked uh, because its flower does not exactly draw your eye. Uh, but they are pretty and delicate little flowers. The way that this plant uh, propagates is it's actually covered in stickers or sticker burrs, um, as we learned. These aren't a thing everywhere, I guess, or maybe there's different names for them, but they're the little spiky balls that can hook onto animal, animal fur. Cuckleburrs. Uh, Yes. Thank you. Um, And they will then be deposited in new areas so we can get more flowers or uh, greenery. I'm not really, really sure how to plants. Woodruff. So the real star of the show is not the flowers, but it's the scent of the plant. The scent gives off this, uh, it's that of it's that of sweet hay and vanilla and almost an amaretto kind of smell. Oh, sounds nice. It sounds lovely. Uh, the thing is, this, <clears throat> so sorry. The thing is, this only strengthens as the plant dries. So if you were to find some and dry it, the smell gets stronger and stronger. This is a plant that is native to Europe, as well as Russia, China, and Japan. However, it has naturalized in uh, the uh, northern North America. It has been naturalized, as well as uh, other parts in the world that I couldn't find much about. Like, it's it's just like it started to grow, but people don't, like, it's just there. It's not really used or cared about, you know. It's like, um, let's see. However, despite it being kind of all over Europe, it mostly it's big, big, big time used in Germany. Germany uses it uh, kind of around this time of year for May Day, uh, for spring, for I believe it's pronounced Wal Walpurgis Walpurgis Night. Um, excuse me, I don't really know how to say that, but they make liqueurs out of it. They make um, 
cakes and it's just a very spring. It's it's like the spring taste and smell. It's the notes that spring is back. Um, this plant likes to grow in the woods. It likes it damp. It likes it dark. It's the master of the woods. It is the master of the woods. Think about, you know, Fangorn Forest seems like this mm-hmm. is where it would be very, um, it would be all over the place. And it would be all over the place because this plant is extremely invasive. So you're probably going to be able to find it if you would like to um, forage some on your own. Um, you could grow it. However, if you do so, please do so in a way that it's not going to like take over the entire like ego uh, economy. I'm sick. I can't ecosystem. Think. Ecosystem in this economy. That eco economy, you know how they work. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. The system of econess. So it's also a deer, moth, and chicken deterrent. Damn! <laughs> so like nothing wants to eat it either. <laughs> chicken. Dude, chickens eat everything. Like they like henbit, which is starting to grow everywhere. And I want to cut some and give it to them. Like they will eat so much stuff. So that they won't eat it is pretty impressive. Oh, dude, they won't eat Master of the Forest. Wow. Um. So this contains. There is a little bit of a side note here. A little bit of a uh, be careful. A warning here. This plant contains some um, chemicals in it that can be anticoagulant. So. Don't eat a fuck ton of it if you have blood thinning issues or if you're on blood thinning medication. Um, it can be headache inducing to those who are prone to headaches or getting migraines. Um, because I'll read a little more of an official thing, but because of what I'm about to tell you, th- this plant has been deemed um, poisonous slightly in some places and was banned. So, I I'm approaching this with caution, but it seems to be, excuse me. It seems to be one of those situations where it's like, you probably just don't eat a lot of it. You know what I mean? I don't want to say There's a lot of that gray area and like in researching herbs. And I I run into that a lot where you see that some places call it highly medicinals and other cause cause it, call it toxic. Right. You know? And it's like, ah, so, I'm kind of trying to tread that line because there are many recipes <clears throat> that are still out there today. There's even one that I have for you and it's a traditional German liqueur drink for spring, you know? So um, just keep that in mind. And this is what Wiki has to say. Usage of this plant for sweets was prohibited in Germany in 1974 due to the plant's low level toxicity, which increases mm. upon drying. It is particularly problematic for children and those with a lower body mass the toxicity stems from the presence of kumarin which can create sickness headaches damage the liver when it's ingested in great quantities the flavor is still popular for sweets in germany but it is achieved artificial artificially okay products targeted towards adults such as uh, alcoholic drinks are still permitted to include coramine or this whatever it's in limited qualities quantities um I also saw that curamain or whatever, it's also present in like yeast. So it's, anyway, take that for what you will. So after talking about how it's toxic, I'm going to talk to you about the flavor of it. (laughs) So the flavor of it is a sweet 
flavor. It tastes very much of uh, vanilla. And it, it carries a little bit of that almondy flavor, that amaretto almost. So it's popular for uses in like jellies, jams. Um, in per- certain places in Germany, they used it in like ice cream, which sounds lovely. That does sound good. Uh, in a medicinal sense, it produces or it contains, I'm sorry, my brain is so foggy today. <laughs> I'm trying to, it's antibacterial. Uh, it is a diuretic, uh, and it's also anti-inflammatory. Uh, back in the day, they would use this as a tonic for the liver, which seems strange because that's like one of the things that it said it would hurt if you take it in large amounts. So I, I don't know. Uh, but back in the day, they would also use this for bruises and cuts because of those anti-bacterial um, properties. It was super popular for that. It was like the go-to for scrapes and stuff. They'd make you a little poultice. Mm. And while, yeah, it would keep it clean and it would heal a little bit quicker. Today, there are just better alternatives. Even within the herb, like the herbal realm, there are just better alternatives like tea tree, you know. There are other things to go to it. Now, Nicholas Culpepper, mm. he regarded uh, Nicholas Culpepper thought of of Woodruff to be a, a lady's herb. Ah, oh, okay. Or as he said, an herb of Venus. Uh-huh. Even quoted as saying, okay, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> Even quoted as saying, Woodruff. <laughs> Woodruff. <laughs> Woodruff is Whitley. 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 No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to. You know what? I can't. The spirit of Culpepper is not coming through me today. So I'll just tell you the quote. He said that uh, Woodruff was strengthening the parts of which a woman rules. Okay. So, um, sure. He, he thought it was good for ladies' issues. As I, I guess think he's talking called. about their TTs. <laughs> their TTs, their menses, uh, mm. and also their crazy emotional issues. Um, mm. mm-hmm. it, it, it seems to be not. Soup. Like, I couldn't find much out of Culpepper saying that. Like, I couldn't find much that would not only back that up, but, like, I didn't see many other uses for that. Um, it was mm-hmm. used in, um, like I said, in German sweets and stuff. It was also used to help those minor cuts and bruises. Uh, traditional Chinese medicine still regards it as um, a good, like, tonic for sleep or for calming purposes. Um, but I couldn't find the, the TT helping yeah. Lady properties bits. anywhere else. I think Culpepper was just on one, but he was anyway. riffing. He was just riffing that he, day. You know? I feel like he needed to pad out his paperwork, you know? Yeah. 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 He got a new yeah. typewriter and he just really wanted oh. to hear that thing sing. Oh, Oh yeah. So he was, <laughs> <laughs> what else can I say? Oh, it, it's good for ladies. <laughs> um, so anytime a plant is regarded as invasive, it has great, oh, oh big time, big, great uses in like prosperity work or yeah. um, it, it, abundance, things like that, because you're not going to stop it. 
it's it's gonna come back. It's gonna look. Listen, if it's growing, you're not getting rid of it. It's like that patch of garlic or whatever. What what is it? That, that patch of something that your mom can't get rid of. Oh, the lantana. Yeah, yeah. It she gave up now. Now she loves it again. But no, it has right. been burned, like specifically burned with like a pile on. It comes back. It, it just you can't kill it. It's not leaving. It's it's like that. You're not getting rid of it. It's also useful. Um, this has a hand in what you might call uh, commanding work. So gaining power um, or getting getting ahead, particularly getting ahead, not getting head, excuse me, getting ahead. Mm-hmm. In, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, maybe. In, uh, work if you want to be do. prosperous in that arena. Hey, you know, yeah, want to well, draw I mean, more of that to you. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, there is a little bit of, of course, male sexuality to this plant that I'll get to in a bit. But um, so, you know, I don't know if you're a lady. I guess Culpepper just kind of glossed over that. It may not do much for you. But if you're a dude, oh, boy. Anyway, um, it can help you in areas of work, say promotions or raises. Um, It is like I said, associated with, I don't know why it pointed it out, male sexuality. Um, but yeah, that's weird considering it rules the lady bits, but like, uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. It, uh, vir- viralness in general, I'm going to go ahead and, and say, um, but it was also seen as, as protective in, and like sexuality. So I guess like one of these things where you, especially if you combine it with like the control aspect where you're like trying to keep a a lover faithful, Um, which again, Mm -hmm. in my mind, let him go, you know? Yeah. There was a lot of that back in the day spells to where you didn't have a choice. Yeah. You know, there does seem to be a whole lot of, of that, which is really sad. Yeah. But these days you can just leave, bro. Yeah. Um, (laughs) To the club carry it around with you to bring money to your pocket, add it to that list of herbs that you, you keep in your back pocket and it falls out whenever you try to get your wallet and everyone gets confused and scared. So (laughs) it's going to help bring money to you. It's going to help keep it with you. Also, if you're an athlete, tuck a little bit in your shoe or your sports bra or whatever, because it is powerful to bring you victory. Victory. Wow. <laughs> I was thinking so hard of something to say after victory, but but you, you win. Um, and generally, uh, I forget where I saw this. I saw this over a, co- a couple of sources that one of the main things that Woodruff brings is it makes the heart merry, which is nice. That's nice. So it makes... Great sense to me that it is used in libation. Mm-hmm. And where did I put it? I have a recipe from Thomas Sixt. It's a very simple recipe. You just need, they say about 30 stalks of woodruff along with, where is it? Uh, yeah, so about 30 stems of woodruff fresh. You also are going to need about a, uh, a liter of white wine and a liter of Prosecco or sparkling wide. Uh, and what you do is you just make sure that your woodruff is clean and dried, put it into a glass, 
This is easy. This is so easy. Um, mix your boozes together and then let your woodruff soak in it for about half an hour. And then you can strain it out and you have yourself a nice little traditional German spring, little hello to spring drink. All I can think about is white oleander, how they just like pour the glass of milk around the oleander and it kills people. It's poisonous. Whoa. Well, that being said, be careful because there was all that stuff about slight toxicity. So, <laughs> the poison. The, there was all that stuff about the poison. But uh, listen, I'm telling you this as anecdotal information only. Hey, uh, this is entertainment. Hey, entertainment. Allegedly, now we can't get sued. Oh, man. <laughs> we're just We're just doing our jobs. I can't believe you people don't want us to have a job. Yeah, I know. It's just going to keep us out of work. You don't want to hear you don't want to hear our highly important intelligent words. Well then, you're lost, buddy. Yeah. I couldn't fucking remember the word ecosystem earlier. <laughs> I couldn't add 71 plus 71. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought about it for a minute. Well, with that said, I have a review, and I feel like this episode surely doesn't deserve it. Oh, no. Um, and, and that is no reflection to, to you, Macy, or your topic. That's not what I mean. Talk no, I get it. Uh, this is one of the sweetest reviews. This one, I, I, you know, sometimes when you're feeling sick, you, can, you're emotion, you get a little emotional. And I feel like this one really got me right in the heart bag. This is from ghoulies and it's called long time listener and it's still amazing they say it's been a long time of me listening to this podcast amazing comedy duo but with amazing witchy content love 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 always reconnects me with my craft too if the mundane world starts taking over thank you charlie and macy thank you ghoulies I like the name Ghoulies. I like the Ghoulies. word ghoul, and it always makes yeah. me think of when you called that guy from Virgin River the weed The guy who ghoul. can't talk right? The guy who can't talk right. You're like, you know, the weed ghoul. <laughs> Dude, I shit you not. I was walking around yesterday. It was a beautiful day yesterday. Dude, I, I'll get into this in a minute, but I'm killing so many wasps. Listen, <laughs> I've changed my stance. Uh, I um, I don't have options anymore, okay, because they've taken over the greenhouse and I can't even get in there to trim the leaves. Like, it's so bad. So we got one of those electric tennis rackets okay. and I am a force to be reckoned with. But <laughs> I was walking around uh, yesterday and like a like a just a slimy intrusion, just this tendril worked its way through the folds of my brain and just booming through my ears. I heard, I'm scared. And I hadn't thought about it in like two weeks, but it just you know slithered through. Fucking crazy is I went on a big deleting old shit from my phone binge. So I was just sliding through pictures and I like, I just like, um, just like zoomed really quickly. And I picked a random one to start with. And it was the fucking picture of him where I had written, I'm scared across the face. That's so crazy. that <laughs> Oh, you know, it comes out again in September. Oh, fuck. We better get ready. We got to find out what happens, what Ugh. the repercussions are of an impulse IVF baby. And, well, we don't know that. She could also be docked up with his baby. 
Yeah, but I mean, think how much easier your life would be if you didn't make that impulse decision and muddy the waters with it. Also, I don't mean to be ignorant about this kind of stuff, but when you went and got your IVF, wouldn't they? They, they would have checked. Yeah, wouldn't they know if you were already? I, I don't know. I'd look, Listen, I don't there's be... holes in this. And um, I don't think we should be trying to make logic out of. I don't think we can. No, I think decisions were made purely for the drama. Um, And we've just got to let those happen to us. Yeah. It's like throwing up when you haven't for, you know, 30 years. You have to just let it happen to your body. Just relax. And you'll be happy. It's like black licorice. It's the same thing. Black licorice is a candy you have to let happen to you. Just shut your eyes and taste it and experience it, but it takes your attention and you just got to let it happen to you. And eventually you'll learn to love it. I don't want a food that I A, have to learn to love or B, I feel like is happening to me. I don't. But it's an experience. Dude, when I eat a prime piece of black licorice, it's a full body experience. Like it's so much of it's so potent it's so like pungent for lack of a better word that i feel like it I, it's a whole it's a whole thing it's like a whole 4d experience gross mm. gross mm. well if i wasn't feeling queasy before i think the salty anise candy has put me there hey i've not had the salty kind yet i want it i've also developed quite the headache so i'm gonna go slam some water and take some pills yeah, I got to get ready for this storm that we've got coming. There's a storm coming? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's supposed to be as bad as the last one, but, like, it's coming. Okay. Well, I hope everyone makes it. I'm sure they will. I, I believe I believe in the goodness of the world on this day to not blow away any of our listeners. <laughs> Like in that movie Twister? Yeah, you know, cable TV's favorite movie, Twister. Oh, God, I love Twister. Oh. I love Twister. Wow. Okay. Listen, Um, I'm out. 